0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Dave on Call, where we discuss your health, well-being, and everything in between. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Nayak. Welcome back today. Uh, we are going to be uh, diving into a Quick Hits episode, and we're going to try to answer this question, uh, what does 95% effectiveness mean for the COVID-19 vaccine? So as we have all pretty much have learned through um, the media that we have a couple of uh, vaccines, two in particular made by Moderna and Pfizer that have uh, put out a press release in these last couple of weeks here saying that their vaccines are 95% effective. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk about what this means because there are a lot of questions that people have. Hey, if I get this vaccine, am I 95% protected. Um, what what does that really mean, 95% effectiveness? So we're going to be doing a quick hits episode on this question today. Um, these quick hits episodes are in addition to a regular long format programming. So it's a shorter episode, about 10 minutes or so, and we're going to discuss this relevant topic for today. Hey, let us know what you think about uh, these episodes. Uh, if you have any emails, uh, shoot us one. If you have a question, hello at drdaveoncall.com. You can tweet us at drdaveoncall. Check out our website too as well. Uh, download uh, our podcast if you are enjoying it. It's, uh, it's on Apple or Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. And hey, if you are enjoying our YouTube videos of our podcasts subscribe and give us a like too. We are on Dr. Dave on call at YouTube too. So, all right, let's get started here. We are going to tackle this question. What does 95% effectiveness mean for the COVID-19 vaccines? So again, we have these two vaccines by the companies Pfizer and Moderna, and they are reporting that their vaccine is 95% effective. So on face value, that's a really high number. If I hear 95% effective, man, that is something that really piques my interest, especially, um, you know, as terrible as this pandemic has been um, here in the United States with millions of cases where, you know, coming up on, you know, almost a quarter of a million deaths too. If I hear something uh, of that, you know, that effectiveness, that rate of 95%, that really piques my interest. It gives me a lot of hope that we can, you know, turn this corner on the pandemic. So Pfizer and Moderna have already applied for an emergency youth authorization by the FDA to approve this vaccines. They've been, you know, really ramping up their supply chain so that they've already started to deliver the vaccine to various parts of the country right now. And even in Europe too, um, just waiting for that approval so that they can get the vaccines deployed. We've already had the CDC, uh, state that, um, We are going to um, have some sort of equitable distribution of the vaccine. So, the first groups of people that are going to get the vaccine will be the healthcare workers, as well as those who are nursing home or long term care facility residents and staff. So, those are the bigger groups that we need to vaccinate first. So, I think that it is worthwhile to dive into what this reported data actually means. Now, remember, this 95% effectiveness is a press release. So these companies are essentially releasing to the press their internal data, um, and that's what Moderna and Pfizer have done so far. Remember, they have not um, written up this data and submitted it for in, in peer-reviewed journals like the New England Journal of Medicine or Science or Nature, really, you know, high-impact journals. So that's something that we need to remember that this is again press release data. So what we're seeing in the general public is really only what we've seen so far, um, and and so this data has not been submitted for for peer reviewed. Obviously, they're going to submit the, the total package to the FDA, um, and they'll they'll have privy to that information. But let's for this purposes let's uh, let's focus on the Moderna trial because pretty much Moderna and Pfizer had. Um, very similar results. So uh, just to kind of keep things straight, let's just slowly uh, sorry slowly talk about the moderna trial first and then we can get through um, the relevancy of it. So the moderna trial that I actually participated in if you haven't listened to my experience in that trial, please tune into episode 17. It's a must listen uh, listen to episode. It just talks about what I personally experienced in the moderna. Uh, experimental COVID nineteen vaccine trial walks me th- walks everybody through you know my uh, from my process of getting the initial phone call all the way to getting the, the two vaccines and the side effects that I experienced. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please tune into that. It's episode seventeen. Um, it's a it's a must listen to episode. So the goal of the Moderna phase three trial. So they enrolled about thirty thousand people here in the U.S. And it roughly took place uh, over about 80 to 100 different sites in the United States, from hospitals, academic centers, to clinics. And they had a ton of different people. Um, they had essentially, from all groups, 18 years and older were enrolled. So you had people uh, from diverse populations, from like healthcare workers, minority people, of lower socioeconomic groups, um, uh, uh, people from all walks of life. And so the particular study site that I was enrolled at was here at the University of Illinois um, Chicago Medical Center. It was in the Division of Infectious Diseases. And um, essentially, so it's a double randomized placebo-controlled trial. And so what does that mean? Well, both the doctors and the subjects don't know whether or not um you got the experimental vaccine or did you get a placebo? So essentially it was a randomly uh, assigned, basically a flip of a coin. You had a 50, 50 chance to receive the experimental vaccine, which was a hundred micrograms. You'd receive one dose and then 29 days later, you'd come back and receive a second dose, or you just basically got a saline injection on both those times with no active ingredients. Um, So the question was, right. Um, after you receive the placebo or the experimental vaccine, they're not purposely exposing you to COVID nineteen, right? Um, you would just literally live your life, and if you happen to be exposed in the community to COVID nineteen, or you are in your uh, place of work, like let's say you are a healthcare worker and you are exposed to COVID nineteen, you needed to report it um, to the the, the study coordinator. So. That's exactly why we had these, um, safety phone calls. Um, we had an app that we would routinely, you know, uh, uh, identify if we were exposed to COVID-19. Um, and that's the biggest way that the study is going to determine whether or not the vaccine is, ef- is effective or not. Right. So we all know right now that there is just rampant community transmission, right. Um, going on throughout all areas of the United States. And that's, why we had so many different sites for the vaccine trials so that we would have it in rural areas, in urban areas, in densely populated areas, or, or just um, so that these areas really represented um, a good makeup of the United States as well as the population too. Um, so if you did have symptoms, Um, you would either call up the clinic, in my case, and you would go and get tested at the clinic, or you'd have to obtain a COVID-19 test on your own. Um, And then you would report it, whether or not you were positive or not. But it was essentially incumbent on all of us as participants to disclose if we had COVID-19 or not. Um, So if you ended up getting COVID, you had to tell the study coordinators that you had COVID or go into the clinic and get tested to to determine whether or not you had COVID-19 or not. And also, if you ended up uh, getting admitted to the hospital, say you had COVID and you ended up having um, a very moderate to severe case, right? So you ended up, um, you know, needing oxygen in the um, general medical floors or you actually needed ICU um, admission. It was the jobs of the teams to, to, to know that you're in the COVID-19 trial, and then they would convey that information to the trial. So let's talk about the Moderna group that was in the, the press release um, that Moderna uh, issued. So they said 95% effectiveness after one dose, um, 28 days after the first dose, they looked at the placebo group and found that there were 90 COVID cases. And in the vaccine group, there were five COVID cases. So what does that mean, right? So so in the 30,000 patients that either got, that got the vaccine, right? So we assume that 15,000 ended up getting the placebo and 15,000 got the experimental. They tallied up how, how many participants called them up or got tested in their clinic and said that they were COVID positive, right? Um, so you basically you had like 95 cases total, right? 95 COVID cases. So out of 30,000 cases, or sorry, 30,000 subjects in the group, 95 of them called up and said we had COVID. So they looked at all of the COVID cases and then they found that the large majority, 90 of the 95 cases were in the placebo group only five cases in the 95 cases came in the vaccine group. So what they're essentially saying was that because 90 out of the 95 cases occurred in the placebo group, that only five of them occurred in the vaccine group, it's 95% effective. So let's dive just a little deeper. So in the placebo group, As we said, 90 cases, right? Eleven of them were actually severe, where they were actually in the intensive care unit. That's a that's a large percent. And in the vaccine group, right? Five there were five cases, zero of them were severe. So basically, they were not oxygen dependent. They didn't need to be intubated, and they weren't in the ICU. So they're surmising not only is the vaccine 95 percent effective, it's 100 percent effective at preventing severe cases right? Because none of them went to the ICU. So diving a little deeper in those 95 cases, 15 of them were older adults. And then 20 of the, the participants were from diverse communities. So 12 of them were Hispanic, Latinx, four were African-American, three were Asian-Americans, and one was biracial. So a pretty diverse community. It wasn't just all, let's say, um Caucasians, it wasn't just all older people. It was a, a big group, right? That was made up of older and younger people um, and of diverse communities. So what are we talking about here, right? We have a lot of big questions. Um 95% effective at what, right? So the first question I naturally ask: does it prevent contracting COVID-19 altogether? Well, probably not, because there were COVID cases in the vaccine group, right? Um, there were five COVID cases reported in those who got the experimental vaccine. So it's not a, it's not completely protecting. If you get this sh- vaccine, the COVID nineteen vaccine, that you're just not going to get COVID, right? You will. There, there are cases of COVID. Um, but the bigger question is, does it prevent clinical disease, right? Um, and and here's here's the thing, probably not, um, because the people who are having cases. So the co the, who, who get the vaccine are calling up the study and saying, Hey, look, I got a stuffy nose, maybe some cough or a sore throat or a headache. I need to get tested for COVID. Right? So it's incumbent upon us. I was in the, I was in the, uh, it, you know, in the trial, right? If I had symptoms, I had to call up the the study and get a COVID test myself. So, That's if I was asymptomatic, right? I just wouldn't go out and randomly get a COVID test or call up the clinic. So I actually probably had some sort of clinical disease if I called up and wanted to get a test. So that's my point. So again, does it prevent contracting the disease altogether? Well, no, because there were cases in the vaccine group. Does it prevent clinical disease? No, it it doesn't, because there are the, the the cases who were reported in the vaccine group. They had symptoms. But here's the big question. Does it prevent serious disease? And yes, it probably does, considering that in the placebo group, you had, of the 90 cases, 11 of them were in the ICU unit. And that's serious. Whereas in the vaccine group, of the five cases who had COVID, none were severe. Um, They don't tell us whether they were admitted to the hospital or did they just stay home. They They don't delineate that in the press release. But that's important, right? I think another question that we should all be asking is this, does it prevent transmissibility? And I don't know the answer to that. So so what is this question asking? If I get the vaccine and I get COVID, can I pass it to somebody else? And we don't know the que- we don't know the answer to that question. That's something that we need to understand and study more, especially as we get this vaccine approved by the FDA, distributed in a huge population, first starting with the healthcare workers and the nursing home staff and the residents to figure this out, right? We'll have a larger group to study now that we can understand not only the safety, which is going to be really important, but also the efficacy. How how effective is this vaccine? My gut tells me that this is going to be um, a vaccine that will prevent severe COVID infection. Will it prevent symptoms? Uh, or or not getting COVID, probably not. But if it's just mild cold symptoms where you just write it out at home, that's going to be really effective rather than filling up our hospital system with severe cases. Does it prevent transmissibility? I think that's a huge question to ask because if you get this vaccine, can you still give COVID and give it to somebody else? So that's what we're talking about here. Um, again. We wanted to ask this question today, um, you know, what is the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccine? We uh, hope that you got some good information about this. This is a, a Quick Hits episode from Dr. Dave on Call, and we hope you're enjoying our um, our podcast here with the Quick Hits. We encourage you to um, download um, our podcasts on Apple or Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. And and. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, you can look us up on social media, Dr. Dave on call. Hey, we hope you all are staying safe and healthy during this COVID-19 pandemic. Remember the three W's, wash your hands, uh, watch your distance and wear a mask too. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Take care and stay safe and healthy.